The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome, everybody. It is time for another episode of Pulse of Finns Nation. Just because the Miami Dolphins season is over doesn't mean our season is over here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. We are still going to be spitting out Dolphins content for you all to enjoy. I am your host, Louis Song. I am joined by Ron Caniff. He is here. Chris uh, Duke Early is either late or maybe something else came up. We are hoping that he will pop in later. So for now, we will have Chad Ronnebaum, an old friend of ours from the days of Finn Maniacs. He's going to be joining us, and uh, we're going to discuss some things that will maybe I, I, I'm actually surprised it sounds like uh, before we were before the show went live apparently I think Ron might actually agree with Chad and um, that's a little that's a little surprising usually it's Ron and Chad not agreeing with each other and then a bet happens and Ron loses and <laughs> and then I have to be Dr. Lovecock on Twitter for a week <laughs> a week only no it's like a month <laughs> well it's only a month because I keep losing bets <laughs> <laughs> that's why ron was ex- like i feel like i feel like you were explicit this year ron like no betting with chad this year i keep losing i think he gets more followers under that handle anyway you should just stick with yeah, it, it. Pro- probably does yeah yeah you, i mean well there's a lot of bots now they're probably going to read that that uh that name and be like "Ooh, there we go a good a good bot follow <laughs> all righty <laughs> So we're going to be talking about, obviously, the uh, our feelings of the Miami Dolphins season. Was this a success? Most people will say no. Honestly, I feel like at this point it was also no. But there's a lot of context that goes into everything. So <clears throat> we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into all that. But before that, really quick, just want to go ahead and mention that, as always, we actually have some sponsors here. Thanks to the guys from the Three Yards Per Carry podcast. If you are listening to this from their audio feed, you're probably listening to this from Spotify or Google or wherever you guys get your podcasts. I don't know. There's a hundred of them at this point. Then Three Yards Per Carry is probably on them. So make sure you're listening on that. Go to OnlyFins. It's $3 a month for some of the best Dolphins talk in football. And as for the show itself, it is brought to you by our good friends over there at Factor. So if you have, I'm sure that anybody at this point has heard of factor they make you pre-based meat pre uh pre-made meals that all you have to do is just basically just you all they give you the instructions you just cook them up it's all fresh it's all healthy and they'll be able to deliver it right to your door so make sure you head on over to factor and when you do that you make sure that you use the promo code three 
It's going to be three yards per carry, 5-0. So you have to make sure you put the numbers in there. The number three yards per carry, 5-0 as a promo code. And when you do that, you will get 50% off of your first order. So that's factormeals.com. Go ahead and get your New Year's resolution started on a good note. And, of course, for all the Dolphins fans out there who are not happy with how the season went out, you probably might need to drown your sorrows. So make sure you go and check out Black Coral Rum, a rum that is distinctly Florida. So to learn more, you can go to steeltiespirits.com. And that's, again, Black Coral Rum at Steel Tie Spirits. That's S-T-E-E-L. T-I-E-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. Black Coral Rum, a rum that is distinctly Florida. And there is one last sponsor that I'm going to throw in there. If you are somebody who is looking for a place to have a you're, if you're looking for a smoke shop for you to call your new home, all you got to do is just head on over dietsmoke.com. You can buy premium THC, Delta H THC, Delta 9 THC, and CBD online. Diet Smoke giving you a beautiful balanced buzz, as they say. Use the promo code WADDLE and get 50% off any item, and you can go ahead and get on there. Again, That's you go to dietsmoke.com. Uh, I'll be honest, guys. That's not my thing, but hey. If you guys, if some people may need a little extra to be able to get through what happened at the end of this season, quite frankly, a lot of people were just extremely frustrated. And who wouldn't be extremely frustrated with how it all went out? The last game that the Dolphins won, I was actually on vacation in Texas for Christmas with my fiance's family, enjoying the Dolphins winning against the Dallas Cowboys. Go figure. I was in Texas watching the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Dolphins. I was the only football fan who was happy in that house that night. But I guess we paid for it because at the end of the day, Miami just spiraled out of control from there. It was just very difficult to be able to watch knowing that every single game at that point was, it was miserable. It was awful. It was, I did not enjoy the end of the season. And I knew that when we got to the wild card round, it's like for all the talk about, Oh, well, you know, Kansas city, we match up better against them. Even if that is true, I knew we weren't going to beat Kansas city. I just knew like the whole the whole offense had been thrown off its equilibrium. I knew that every team knew exactly how they needed to beat them. They just had to make sure that they were more physical. They just forced the offensive line to have to try to block people. It didn't work. And all the talk that we had about Butch Berry and doing some just magic with what he had, understand there's only so much magic to go around. You actually need guys to be able to block for more than two seconds. Already the comments are starting to come in here about how Tua's, it's Tua's fault that everything went sour. You guys, I'm not dismissing that Tua did not play well. No, of course he didn't play well. That, that, there's no denying that. But I am not going to dismiss everything that he did leading up to this playoff run or the lack thereof and just act like it was nothing. Okay, I can't because for the same reasons that everybody suddenly loves Jared Goff in Detroit, it was literally one year ago, one year that Miami was playing against Detroit with the same, pretty much the same pieces, the same head coach, same quarterback, pretty much the same everything. And we were laughing at Jared Goff about how awful he was, how terrible he was. Oh, my God, Detroit, you got fleece. How could you possibly think that Jared Goff could lead your franchise to anything except more poverty? And now look where Detroit is. They won their first playoff game in God knows how long. And now Miami is the unfortunate owner of the longest playoff win drought in the NFL. I'm not going to look at Tua and say that after four years, technically two, because only two years counted as far as a, a, a coach who actually believed in him, that he's going to be a finished product. I can't. So what I'm going to go ahead and say here once and for all is that I feel like Tua and McDaniel are still the long-term answers of this franchise. But yes, you do need to 
fix. There are some things that need tweaking. There are some philosophy changes that need to be made. Number one, first and foremost, you have to make it so that Tua does not have to throw in less than two seconds or he's going to absolutely get just clobbered. That is not okay with me. I need some. I need an offensive line that if the need arises, that Tua has to sit back there in the pocket, he feels confident knowing that his guys are going to be able to protect him while he surveys the field and finds whatever other option is necessary. Okay? That was not point number one. Now, the talk about what the Dolphins need to change their approach. I brought Chad on again because we did a show on Finn's Nation, just the pre-recorded version, and it went a lot longer than I was expecting it to, quite honestly. But whenever we, whenever I get to, start to talking to somebody that I always love enjoying, uh, I always love enjoying talking to, we get into things, and it, it, we I find a hard time uh, coming to a stop. So I'm going to go ahead and let Chad take it from here, and then I'll let Ron chime in too because weirdly enough i don't i don't know if it was chad's idea first or if maybe ron said it first and then chad ran with it so i'm gonna go ahead uh chad uh, based on the comments pouring in on the comment section i think a lot of people are about to agree with you so let's see what happens go ahead what, what what's your idea for the approach miami at least hypothetically speaking should take for the next season well i think you have to step back and look at where miami was deficient and um you can't just say, oh, it's Tua or it's McGowan because we were one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. We were one of the best passing teams, and Tua led the league in passing yards. And the, the NFL is a tough landscape, and to do that, you have to be doing something right, okay? So the I'm not coming out here if you're looking for Tua sucks, Tua's a problem. That, that's not where I'm at. The, the, the distinct problem, I think, on offense is we need a drastically improved short yardage offense. And I think our short yardage offense is terrible. And I think it's centered on Mike McDaniel's scheme. And I'm not just saying this off the cuff. I actually did a little research behind this. And um, we were around 44% on third down conversions um, in the NFL this year, where the best teams were running around mid-50s um, for, to convert on third downs. Um now, the thing that, to me, that really stood out is when it was one yard to go or less, Miami converted at 48%. That's, that's almost the same rate they converted third downs in general. Um, there's, there's a problem there. Our third down scheme and efficiency is not near what it needs to be. If you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, now I know they're using the tush push, and they were very good at that. They were converting or close to the 70% range, Okay. So that's where this is coming from, that I don't believe in the scheme. I don't believe when you have a yard to go, it makes any sense to hike the ball four yards backwards to try to get a yard. Um, and I think you need to, to dedicate more time and resources to the short yard scheme um, than what the Dolphins are using. And what, you know, I, I've been around for a while, Lewis, and I've, I've been through a lot of different coaches, and I've watched Joe Philbin go three wide receivers in the swirling wind in Buffalo and not run the ball. I've watched Adam Gates run wide receiver screen after wide receiver screen and not run the football on downs, which it's an easy conversion where your percents are high to convert it. And, you know, I, I'm going back to the Sperano years and um, I'm just going to throw a name out there for some of these older Dolphin fans. This isn't way long ago, but have you guys ever heard of Lusaka Polite? Of course. <laughs> oh my God! Who hasn't known Lusaka Polite? So, I, I love talking to that guy. It's not that long ago, right? Do you do you know what record Lusaka Polite broke? 
in around 2008 to 2009 range. Oh, I didn't know he had a record. Please do tell me. short conversions or something like that in a row. He converted one yard to go conversions 20 straight times. Lusaka Polite's career, he converted one yard to go on 41 of 43 attempts. Think about that. 41 of 43 attempts. And we're running at 48% right now as an offense this year. Um, it, it, I mean, to me, it's, it's just obvious that that's the problem. And if you, you step back and let's say we had put in a, a competent short yardage offense, that would have been one to two wins. We would easily win the Titans game. There, there would have been multiple other games where you just convert those downs, the easy ones. And we saw it again in, in the Chiefs game, in a game, in this playoffs. I don't know if this, you distinctly remember this drive. We were running the ball with success with Raheem Mostert off tackle. We, we ran the ball. I want to say we moved the ball 30, 40 yards down the field. And we got to a second and two, and it was pass on second and two to a third and two, pass on third and two, onto a fourth and two, and we turned it over on downs. Um, and that's, again, you're in that two-yard range. And so that that's – I just wanted to give you a preface on where this came from because I believe that the team is so concerned about protecting Tua after last year. They want to keep him healthy. So I don't – I don't know if you guys did two do any quarterback sneaks this year at all, like literally under center and just push forward to try to get a yard. I feel like I feel, remember maybe, one. Maybe but one. I, maybe. I don't know. Don't ask me which game. I just feel like I think there was at least one. What? So they. my point being is it really doesn't happen. Like we don't get up under center, and if it's a half yard to go, Tua just slams forward and gets that half yard. But you see a quarterbacks, like most quarterbacks do. How many times did we watch Tom Brady do that over two decades? When it yeah, was I don't think he ever missed one. Third and one, Tom Brady was just going left or right yeah. off the center. Yeah, um, I, don't he ever, I don't think Tom Brady ever was stopped. I mean, I guess like, he must have been one time or twice. I mean, it's – In like I, 20 I, years. Like he, 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 he must have had like over 100 of those. Right. So my expectation, not just as a fan, but if I'm Stephen Ross, my expectation, Mike McDaniel, is if you have a one yard to go down, one yard to go, like a third one or fourth and one, I expect a 90% success rate, meaning nine out of 10 times you're getting that first down. And that changes your whole offense. It changes your whole offense um, because your first and one is really a first and nine. That, that's literally what the Eagles were doing, right? And so... I just don't think the scheme is there. And I think that's a huge difference in this whole team. Um, it, and I think it starts with the quarterback. So if, if you don't want Tua to be able to take off and run on a, a short yardage play, I think you take him off the field. And I was going to an extreme when we did the podcast. And I threw Justin Fields out just as a dream scenario, realizing that's fantasy land. You're not going to be able to have the money or draft picks to invest in Justin Fields just to do this. But my philosophy is if we get into a situation on any down and it's two yards or less to go, you take two off the field and you're putting in an extremely athletic quarterback in to run a scheme specifically designed to be very difficult to stop on short yardage. And so my what I was proposing is let's just say in fantasy land, we acquired Justin Fields. I'm not acquiring Justin Fields to get rid of Tua. Because Justin Fields hasn't been a great pocket passer. He hasn't been that accurate. He's, he's had plenty of struggles. But he would be, in my opinion, extremely difficult to stop on one or two yard to go downs because he's such an athletic quarterback that 
you have to almost come in and cram the box. And if you do that, you are going to leave Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle one-on-one on the outside. I'm fine with Justin Fields taking shots down the field of those guys if that's what teams want to do. And so that's basically my proposal coming into this year is, you know, if you want to do it with the fullback, fine. If you want to bring in a, an elephant fullback like Christian Wilkins to play fullback like the Bears did Refrigerator Perry, but we need an offense that should be converting at 80% of the time when it's two yards to go and 90% of the time when it's one yard to go and not 48%. We shouldn't be in shotgun and our percentage shouldn't be the same at third and one as it is at third and five. And that's literally what the Dolphins are doing right now because they run plays that have about the same chance to succeed at third and four as they do at third and one. And you're giving up the ability to just convert the easy ones. And that's the story of Mike McDaniel's uh, coaching career now is he's put in an amazing scheme. He's got a good run scheme. He's got a good pass scheme. Tua executes it at a high level. But then when it gets down to the give me stuff, he doesn't take the give me stuff. When he's running the ball, he, he goes away from it. And it, in my experience, if you're running the football, you have got to make the teams stop it. You keep doing it until they stop it. Um, and that Kansas City game in the playoffs, I, I was watching. I don't know if you watched where the Kansas City linebackers were. They were almost always five yards plus back behind the line because they are taking away that space between the linebackers and the safeties. And that's what teams are doing right now. They're like, we're going to bring our corners up tight. We're going to disrupt your receiver's timing. And we're going to take away that intermediate space between the safeties and the linebackers. And the best way to take that is you bring the ball hard off tackle. And Miami had so much success this season doing that with Raheem Mostert, but he would not capitalize on it. And I think that's really all that's left to do. I mean, we got to obviously keep the team together, but I don't think the answer is get rid of Tua. I don't think the answer is get rid of the coach, put in a whole new scheme. It's it's just get down to install and spend a lot of time doing a really effective short yardage offense. And that's why I brought up Lusaka Polite. If, if that guy can convert 41 out of 43 attempts, bring him in. Let him talk with Alex and Gold right now and say, hey, here's how I did that. Like, what do we have to do just to get a yard every time? And that, that's where I was going with the athletic quarterback is like, if we want a quarterback that can shove it up the middle with a push, or do we want a quarterback that can just take off and run draft one? Like it doesn't have to be like your starting quarterback, just get the most athletic quarterback, get Mike white out of here. This is the other point I was making you list. Mike white has zero value. If you can't put that guy in in week three and win a championship or compete for a championship, He's pointless. He's absolutely pointless. He's never on the field. He does zero contribution to the team. Keep Skylar Thompson, save the $5 million, and go get a quarterback you can put on the field in special circumstances to help you get first downs. There's my piece. Mr. Caniff. Um, When I originally thought of about a month ago, the Justin Fields thing, it wasn't – in my mind at the time, it wasn't that I felt like we had a deficiency, which clearly now you can see that we do have some deficiencies on offense. But I was just kind of starting to think about um, how how Miami came in or how McDaniel came in with, with some kind of originality in the offense with some of the motion stuff that he was doing and how over a period of time that got figured out by the NFL where it just wasn't as effective anymore. So I was starting to think, I wonder what could be something that he could do next year that 
might stay effective throughout the year that would be hard not not hard it's like it's not about figuring it out but more about how do we stop it and i thought man like a, a wildcat quarterback would be f- like fun right bringing taking two off the field some and putting in this wildcat quarterback and i instantly said oh justin fields like he's the guy like he would be the guy uh so when i came up with it it wasn't really for the short yardage issues as much as just the, the next evolution of the McDaniel offense, because you guys know I'm big on McDaniel and, you know, everybody says I'm on his jock and whatnot. And people at work make fun of me all day long, like, dude, get off this guy's jock, Jesus, you know what I mean? But uh, that's kind of what I was thinking about. But I really like where Chad's going with it with a possible short yardage or um, I feel like the short yardage is more like what you said with Lusaka Polite. Uh, I'm waiting to see where the NFL is going in the rules with this tush push thing in, in general offensive players pushing the ball carrier forward when their momentum has stopped or just pushing them forward in general. Uh, it used to be illegal just a few years ago, but it really wasn't enforced and they decided to just screw it. Let's just make it legal since we really don't enforce it anyway. I was thinking there's no way they're going to allow this to go. This is so ridiculous. It's like almost unstoppable, but I was listening to, to, um, some people talk, I think it was on a podcast and they, apparently the NFL, I don't think they're going to pretty sure Troy Vincent officially came out and said, don't expect it to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't expect it to go anywhere. So therefore most teams are going to have to jump on board with some version of this somehow, some way. So hopefully if, if Miami doesn't come up with the, not just the right scheme, but the right players, and that would mean, I agree, Chad, taking Tua off the field. He's not the guy. There are, And it's not just Tua. There are other quarterbacks that aren't going to be able to take you just slamming into them like that and pushing them like they're going to get hurt. But uh, we definitely don't want to be doing that with Tua. I mean, he stayed, he stayed healthy the whole season. That, that was amazing. That was, that was a feat in itself that he did that and uh, he put in a lot of off season work to make that happen. So we wouldn't want to throw that out the window, but uh, I, I, I know that this short yardage thing was a problem last year and I thought maybe we'd kind of started to fix it, but we didn't clearly, we didn't fix it. It was a problem again, it, it, two years in a row. It it's costing us more than people realize it was responsible for a lot of those three and outs there at the end of which game was that? Which game was it in the second half? I'm trying to remember where we just had three straight three and outs and then just didn't even get a first down to the last drive and it was too late. I can't even remember which game it was. But uh, They all have to feel the same. The, yeah, the all was just awful in the last few weeks. We were, we were down to 28% on third down efficiency in the last Yeah, it was just like a big blur in those last three games. But I, I think about, man, so many times we got to the third and short and didn't convert in it. And, and one of the best offenses in the league, right? And, and imagine if we could actually just convert third and short at a normal rate, much less at one of the, at, at one of the higher rates like the better teams do. It would have been a game changer. It really would have. And I agree it would have meant winning the Tennessee game, winning the Tennessee game would have meant winning the division, playing uh, in 70-degree weather versus negative 10 et cetera, et cetera. It, it could have really been a game changer for us, but unfortunately it didn't go that way. And uh, yeah, I agree with everything. I agree with everything Chad said. I, I do, but I, I, I am curious to see what the next wrinkle is, but whatever that wrinkle is, uh, it's got to be something that can, is sustainable and we've got to fix the third down 
the the short yardage, not just third down, but the short yardage stuff, especially inside of two yards. It's it's there's just no there's no reason to have that issue. Too too many teams have been too successful with guys you've never heard of, <laughs> right? Or or guys that are not physically assume like uh like uh, Brady. I mean Brady's no physical specimen, and that guy would get the the third and short every single damn time. He would just get it every time, man. 20 years, I don't recall a guy missing one. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's probably the number one issue. And then people want to say, oh, the Dolphins. And then the, the excuse makers will say, well, the Dolphins were so beat up in injuries. Yeah, but the injuries are on the defense. And the defense, you know, they they did the best they could do, in my opinion. They played better than I think many people thought they'd play. They held Kansas City to field goals on every drive but two, even when the offense couldn't do anything in the second half again. So it's uh, it's about that, that offense and how it stalled out, in the, in the, especially in the second half. Even in the game, some of the games we won, we just couldn't move the ball in the second half at all. It was crazy. So uh, obviously I'm sure there's more to it than just what we're discussing. Boy, I hope so. Right? We're not the professionals. They are. But uh, clearly some of the stuff we're mentioning is is going to be a huge, probably already a huge talking point right now with McDaniel and Greer and what their off-season plan will be. So here's what I'm going to go ahead and say, and this is basically a lot of what I said during the original Fins Nation episode that I did with just me and Chad. If you're going to go ahead and you're trying to try to fix the third and short situation, I'm all for it. Absolutely. You, we got to get on. If we got to get third and short taken care of, like the, the fact that Mike McDaniel continually seemed to outsmart himself, like why are we throwing the football on third and one? Or why are we like doing weird, funky, backward screen passes on third and one? Just run it up the gut. Ron, this is exactly what I was talking about before when you were, we were going back and forth on that one episode. Physical football. Just run it up the gut. It's one yard. It's not difficult. And instead, we just kept trying to go around it, try to outsmart the defense. It's just one yard. Go. Just one yard. And they just refused to do it. They continually refused to do it. And that's why I felt like this is the this is the proof positive right here of Miami just not being a physical football team. They don't want to do what, what the, the consensus is. If third and one, you have the top rushing offense in football. Why are you not running the football? Because everybody expects you to run the football. So we have to outsmart them. Just punch it up, punching them in the mouth and go get that one yard, man. That's what I'm looking for out of Miami. And it's not like they're incapable. It was by choice that they did it this way. Well, then that's not because they're not physical. That's because they chose a different path. The mentality to- is not physical. I, I do think different from years past. I would have said, like, if you were talking about some of the Joe Philbin teams we had or the Adam Gase teams, I would agree we didn't have the physicality to get that yard at times. But the physicality is not just in talent. It's also in mentality. But they are, I, know, they are looking, I, I thought going, they did. They're doing everything – they're trying to do everything they possibly can to not do the one thing that everybody expects. But you know what? Even if they expect it, you still can't stop it anyway. Because they, Do you remember in the Kansas City game? I think it was Devon Achan, but do you remember? I think it was like third and two. We, we went for it on fourth and water, fourth and two, and he ran it for a first down. Yeah. Um, like That was Devon Achan. My, my, my point was like, on the team. I felt like when we did actually – do what makes sense and just hand the ball off and slam it up there on the, on a yard to go. I thought this team overall did pretty well. 
And I'm with you, Ron. I like the scheme that Mike McDaniel's running. I like the motion scheme. Um, but there's got to be a point where you don't need to do it. And there's times in the game, particularly when you're getting into later in the game, if you have a lead, you're trying to run the clock down or something, and you you see the, the delays we get because you're trying to motion two guys and you're trying to get a play in. And how many times do you see Tua snapping the ball at one second to go? or we, we have to call a timeout to avoid a delay game. It's because the offense has to do all these motions before we can get going. And that has a place. I realize when you motion Tyreek Kill, you get to immediately see if somebody's trying to cover him in man. I understand that. But then you watch guys like Patrick Mahomes, where he's just standing there, and Josh Allen does a lot of this too, and they're yelling like three or four times before the ball is hiked, like, ha-ha! And then they call out, aha. And they're all they're doing is they're waiting to see if any of the linebackers or safeties are going to move. Because they're they're wa- waiting to see if they're getting a read on where you're blitzing from. Um, we don't ever have time to do that. We don't we rarely have time to utilize a snap count because we have to get so many guys moving in motion. Um, to me, when you get to that third and one or third and two or fourth and one. You don't need to do all these motion plays. It, it, you just go back to 1970 basic football, and you're you're slamming forward, and it's just nothing but percentages. Because you're really, again, you're like saying, I already know if I just slam the ball up the middle with Alec Ingold, and we practice that week in and week out, and we just focus on that one yard to go. Um, even if we're only hitting 70 to 80 percent, like you think about, you get to end of games, and how many times do you see the Dolphins? struggle to close out a game on offense Um, because again we don't do that philosophy that was the real reason we lost the titans game i know people blame it on the defense because we had a 14 point lead we had the 14 point lead because of the defense they got turnovers but but but, but it was 14 points and two minutes left and somehow they blew it it was defense yeah but those 14 points came from the defense like zach seiler picking a ball off and then the titans fumbled that's how we got those points and what did we do? Two, three and outs on offense after we had that lead, something along those lines. And I'm saying like, you get to the end of a game and you're at a second and two, let's say, right. If you have that one yard play, that's nearly impossible to stop. You're hitting 90% of the time. You're already just saying, I'm going to run my one yard play twice. I'm going to run it on second two and I'm going to run it on third and one. And I'm going to run the clock out because you, I don't think you can stop. We're so good at this one yard play. It's just so hard to stop. And I don't care, like, I think putting an athletic quarterback in would improve the chances of, of succeeding that. But if you don't want to take two out, don't take two out. But at least commit to a successful play that's nearly impossible to stop. And uh, I, if anybody has a better idea, because obviously when the, the Dolphins were doing it, you know, it was Usaka applied at fullback that was doing it. But somebody needs to put in an offense that's basic offense that's just slam the ball forward. And that's what I'm hoping Mike McDaniel has learned. Um, because to me, that's the only real component that's missing on this offense right now. We don't need to remove, you know, the 70, 80% of plays we're running that were extremely effective and explosive. We're, we're doing the hard stuff. It's hard to hit nine route goes, like have frequently two hits those to Waddle and Hill. Like it's almost every game automatic. You're going to see the defense finally do a man-to-man coverage on Tyree Kill and two is just going to go over the top and hit Hill for a touchdown. That's the hard stuff. It's hard to hit those 15 to 20 yard passes, timing routes in the middle of the field. And we're doing such a good job at that, that 
just put in basic football plays for those short yardages. And we've probably been a 13-win team. I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. I think really think that's where it would have came in at. I think so, too. And I – listen, I'm going to say this, and this is it, and this is just my pitch towards your whole athletic quarterback thing. I would love if they would let Tua run more. And I get it. They tried to protect him. They're trying to make sure he doesn't have any more concussions. They don't want him to get out of the pocket. They want him to stay there, stay put, and just over, overview the field. Fine. But you know what? I feel like they're limiting what he can actually do. Ron, you were the Alabama guy. Tua didn't run a lot, but he ran, correct? Well, he ran. He ran more in Bama than he does in the NFL. But I, I don't know if I'm much for <coughs> him running. I, I'd rather – if you're looking for a running quarterback, I'd rather... No, I'm not looking for a running quarterback. No, I'm, I'm looking for a quarterback who... Even if that to be a threat of the offense where where the quarterback could even take off, I'm still for, you know, like we said, Justin Fields. That's out of the, that's out of the question because it's just not realistic, but drafting, like, right, drafting a running-type quarterback in, like, the fifth or sixth round or something. Like, I, I would be... if we I, don't know, I, I know we don't have all our picks, but um, I would be for something like that. Uh, but I think it could be more than just short yardage, but just a wrinkle in the game. I'm honestly not for having Tua out there running more. In my opinion, I, I just don't want that. He, he was finally, he's finally gotten to a point where he's not doing dumb things like that and running around and getting himself crushed. And it proved out because he stayed healthy the whole year. So not now let's not get over cocky and say, let's have Tua run more. I, I'm not, I personally am not for that. Ron, his injuries came from behind the pocket, and that one Packers one was when he was actually trying to make a throw, not when I he was trying to take off scrambling. I, I don't, I don't like the mentality of him going out there because it, then he gets, then he gets careless. I like that they finally got through his head. That he's careless be, now, Ron. He's he's gotta, very much a gunslinger in the, the gotta, same vein as Ryan play. Fitzpatrick. Sometimes you got to give up on plays. I'll be running around trying to always throw the ball, et cetera, et cetera. That Cincinnati. That really bad uh, concussion he had in Cincinnati, um, that was from running around too much. You know, whether you're running for yardage or you're running to throw the ball, I don't want that mentality. I think we finally have two in a spot where he's not he's not automatically doing that and just determined to do that, and I am not for going backwards in that regard. I, I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there were a few plays where I think Tua should have ran for a first down especially later in the season that there was one in the chiefs game where it was like a fourth and two. And I very confident he could have just ran for the first. And he actually, he actually stepped up in the pocket. It looked like he was going to run. And then he threw a quick to Tyree kill and he dropped it, you know, because the the elements make that really hard, but um, should, but he's not a threat. Like that, that's a difference there. I don't need him to be a threat. I don't need him to be okay. I don't need him to be a Justin Fields. I don't need him to be a Josh Allen. I don't even need him to be someone. I I don't either. I I think we need that element and short yardage though. And um, because here is an example of, of what happens when you, when you're not a threat and I'll use this with Frank Gore. Frank Gore had a decent year for us um, when he played with the Dolphins. And um, what I saw teams do a lot is, yeah, Frank Gore every so often would they would open up a hole and he'd run for eight yards. And like, wow, you know, they open up a big hole. But the teams would cheat all the time because you know as a team, okay, if their guard happens to beat our tackle and Frank Gore gets through there, we know we're going to run him down 
within five or six yards down the field. And that's how teams are going to look at Tua and just say, yeah, we know Tua could bootleg and take off and run, but he's not he's not going to hurt us that badly. We're still going to cheat on you a lot because we know it's going to be so rare you do it. And if that one time or two, Tua bootlegs and takes off running a game, our linebacker's just going to run him down. And uh, so maybe he'll get a 10-yard gain on it here or there. But over the course of the game, this is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's not really going to impact the game that much. Whereas... Devon Achan, if you don't have the right angle on Devon Achan and he gets through the line, you're in imminent danger because he can outrun your entire team. He's a, he's a problem. So you have to always make sure you're being very careful with Devon Achan running those sweeps on the field because if you blitz, for example, um, with him on the field, you got to be worried that if you're, you've evacuated your safety and he beats your linebacker, he's going the distance. He's gone. If you can bring that same element in there with a quarterback where it's like, okay, they love to run this short yardage play up the middle, but if we start really, really cheating our linebackers and are really, really crunching our defensive ends in, we got to be careful because this quarterback will just take off and run and he'll rip us for 30 or 40 yards if we're not careful. Um, it, it forces teams to have to play honest, which will help you get that one yard over and over and over. And so that's my play. I agree with Ron. I, I don't want Tua going in and slamming up the middle. I don't want him taking off and running and taking big hits because Tua can do the things most quarterbacks can't do, like the passing the football on time accurately, getting the ball out where it needs to be. That's the hard stuff to get a quarterback able to do. There's so many guys that can just take off and run for a yard or two. And I, I, don't, I want Tua in the field 80 90% of the time I just don't think he elevates our chances of getting a first down when it's one or two yards to go over an athletic quarterback. That's all. If you really need a quarterback who's going to get one or two yards and likes to run, mm-hmm. just, just just dump Mike White and keep Skylar Thompson. Thompson loves to run. 
He loves. He showed he loves. I, I don't have a problem. The, like if uh, like they don't pay anybody, just go throw Skylar Thompson out there, and he'll run the ball just fine. Like that's. But that's the, that's my point, though. Do you really feel better about Skylar Thompson, or are we looking for a quarterback that has more upside? And the problem with that is, uh, once again. I, I this whole concept of getting a different quarterback, a, a, a quarterback A and quarterback B, the 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 New Orleans Saints do that all the time with Taysom Hill. When Drew Brees was still there, they had Taysom Hill pop in every once in a blue moon. And the question became, why are you taking out Drew Brees to put in Taysom Hill? And even when it worked, they were still like, I'm not a fan of that. I don't think they should be removing Drew Brees. He's your best player on the field at any given moment. That's the same mentality. And so if you really – you want to talk here. You want to talk to us? Let me, let me throw another one at you. You're looking for a quarterback who's not particularly accurate, but he knows how to run with the ball, right? Okay. Cedric Wilson. He's on contract for another year. You can't even get rid of him without making more dead money. You literally save no money cutting him. So he's going to stick around whether you can find a trade partner or not because trading him doesn't save you any money either. So if you're the Dolphins and you really want a wildcat quarterback that badly, just go tell Cedric Wilson to go pretend to throw a football every once in a while. You don't need to go pay yeah. anybody. You don't even need to draft Cedric anybody. Cedric Wilson isn't a threat to slam it up the middle for a yard. Cedric Wilson's a threat to run. Yeah, and that's the point. Not a, he's not you're kind of now we're now you're getting like way outside what we're talking about here like he's not he does not accomplish the goal he, he just doesn't man no way I, Skyler Thompson's closer I mean yes yeah, Thompson would be closer for he's sure. an average athlete I would give that to Skyler Thompson he's the best athlete at quarterback on our team I mean he's definitely more athletic than Mike White um, I'm fine on third and one having Skyler Thompson come in if that's what we got I I would say though. I, I, I know this was what we covered on the show, Lewis, but the other point I was making is the quarterback position is so valuable. It's so hard to get good ones. And I think you just waste your time with somebody like Mike White. If, if Mike White were going to be a franchise quarterback, great. He's, I mean, any realist out there can tell you Mike White is not going to be a franchise quarterback for a team. He's not. And so I would rather bring in a guy who's going to be on the field. Let, let's say you play a quarterback. I, I was proposing anytime it's two yards to go, this quarterback comes in. And it was in part because if let's say you bring in a rookie mobile quarterback, because maybe he's playing like eight to 10 plays a game. And so you're developing him that whole time in the game. He's not just sitting on the bench doing nothing in the game. And so if something does happen to Tua, um, my thought was all this quarterback is learning, especially as a rookie, you're just learning like maybe 20, 30% of the playbook at most, at most. And so you don't have to know the whole playbook. You don't have to know all the complexities. All you're worried about is the plays we run when it's one or two yards to go and, and executing those at a really high level. And it, what situation would you rather have? Let's say Tua, it's the second quarter and Tua gets knocked out of the game or he has a, a twisted ankle or something or a sprained wrist and he can't play. Would you rather have a quarterback that's been playing 20 or 30% of the plays all year that's really good at those 20 or 30%? Or do you want Mike White coming in who hasn't played at all for the whole year and if you're hoping he can execute the offense, maybe a, a wider range of plays? I think the, the difference between somebody like Skylar Thompson and Mike White is so, it's, it's so close. You're way better off to use that roster slot on somebody who's going to actively participate in every single game. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I just don't feel the need to remove Tua from the equation. I, th- th- think about it for a second. This whole offense is predicated on players being in a rhythm, being on time, being just all all as one cohesive unit. 
if you are constantly flip-flopping quarterbacks and changing basically the entire philosophy every time you switch from Tua to whoever this athletic quarterback is, where is the rhythm? Where is the where is just the the melody of the offense, as it were? Like you keep changing the tone, you keep changing the pace, you keep changing everything every time you have to flip-flop those two quarterbacks. Miami already struggles getting play calls in on time. Just imagine what it's going to be like that, if you have struggled with that last year. I'm pushing back on that. Jack. No, 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 Ron. Even they struggled with that last year. They totally changed it. They gave two of the wristband, so Mike McDaniel didn't have to call the play long enough. Mike McDaniel just say. Uh, third page, fifth play, or what, whatever he did, it changed it. We barely had that issue this year. Barely. Yeah, they didn't have issue with delay of game, but it was still a lot of times we, we were snapping we, the ball up to the end like of the That's, uh, they, they, they do have the issue with it, but it's, it's again, because of the motions. So you, yeah, you when you're motion, moving two or three guys after motion, oh, Ron's not, getting not an issue. And, and, uh, and Lewis, like, but you take players in and out of the, of the game all the time. Like, like uh, Tyreek Hill and but Walker. not your signal caller, Ron. Play either. Yeah, I I I, I think that it, I think honestly it's a good idea. I think it's something that McDaniel could definitely take advantage of. And I agree with Chad. It's a it's a waste to have this backup quarterback who's just mid as hell, who doesn't participate or do anything that we have to pay five, six, seven million dollars a year for. I, I'm not for that anymore. We need to save that money anyway. And I think that we should bring in. I think we should draft a me personally. I think we should draft a guy in the really late round who could accomplish a lot of these things for us. Uh, I hear. uh, I don't know if they'll go that route. I don't even know if they're thinking about any of that. But I would be one hundred percent for it. I hear there's a kid who uh, just got denied access to the U of M. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't Kumbabaloa. have the skill set for it. Yeah, no, he he is not even close to the type of quarterback that that I'm thinking about. Not even close. I mean, I I can if you can't find one in the draft. I mean, I don't know how old he is right now, but go get Tim Tebow. I mean, Tebow is done, bro. He's on K Love doing his uh. His I'm just stuff. throwing He's out done. there that that's what you need. You need a, a guy out there that's really really hard to stop from getting a yard. Tim Tebow is very hard to stop. Was Ron? Was was was. 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 Okay. was I'm just saying, there's got to be some guys like that in the draft. Yeah, there they are. Guys. I'm telling you, the guys. What we're looking for somebody to do. I'm not saying they're dime a dozen, but it ain't like there's just one dude out there. They can find a guy to do this type of stuff and help with the short yardage thing all at the same time Y'all, and add additional wrinkles to But you're the, talking about yeah. they did already. They did that with Jacoby Brissett when he was here. It didn't work out that he's, great. He's yeah. a worse athlete than Tua. That guy. I mean, I mean but he was bigger a, and stronger, and he could push the line. That was the whole was, point. I don't know about any of those, but bigger. I mean, he was probably the worst. He was worse athlete than Dan Marino at running. Brissett was <laughs> yeah. awful. But, Jacoby um, Brissett made his career in New England running. What are you talking about? I I never saw a guy bumble and stumble more than Jacoby Brissett when he was on the Dolphins anyway. But that's definitely not my prototype guy. I'm talking about like Cordell Stewart, that kind of Yes. Um, A guy that's very athletic. I'm not looking for an amazing quarterback. I just need a guy who can keep a defense honest. And I'm sure you can find a quarterback that all – if Tyreek Hill takes off running down the field on full sprint nine – you have to, as a defense, at least be a little concerned the guy's just going to loft one up to him. That's all you need. Yeah, he's good enough to get the ball to him. Exactly. So when Tyreek Hill splits way out, you've got to have somebody out there covering him. You can't just leave him. 
which means probably have to bring a safety over, which makes it harder for them to stop you and crowd the line on third. You can't crowd the box, and and that's what you you don't you're not intending to pass. You're only passing if they cheat. Otherwise, it's we're going to run these two or three formations all the time, <laughs> over and over and over. We're going to be very good. You're right on the delays and stuff. You, you, we don't need to do all the crazy motions and trickery when it's one or two yards to go. What you want are – there were two or three times in that Chiefs game where we had false start or we had a – Illegal uh, formation. Illegal, illegal formation. downfield. Like, uh, you don't need to do all that stuff to get a yard or two. And that's my point is, like, completely change your short yardage offense and do everything else the same. It just – we we don't need to do shotgun motions on third and one um, in these games, and it, it hurts us more than it helps us. Is is my take on it? So um, I I'm not a hundred percent set on the quarterback. The reason I think we get the quarterback is one is Tua is not that athletic, and I think Mike White doesn't really hold any value over Skylar Thompson. So why not have Skylar Thompson be your every down quarterback and continue to use a, an athletic guy instead of Mike White? That's mainly where I was at with that, but. I don't care if it's a fullback play. I don't care if it's a running back play. What I do want is the percentage of success. And I expect 99 out of 10 plays when it's a yard or less to get a first down. Nine out of 10 attempts. Throughout the entire time we've been talking about this, the comments have been talking about instead of getting a quarterback, they've been talking about getting a road grader type running back. Listen, sure. Uh, that I love that idea. That idea I love a lot better than getting a second quarterback. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say that because number one, I don't, I really don't need any more drama with the quarterback position. I finally got it settled in my mind. I don't need to go get, oh, let's go get this guy who's going to immediately challenge Tua for the starting job because you know that's what's going to happen. So that's number one. Number two, it, we don't need to go draft a tough guy running back. We literally already have one. He hit the IR because somebody, what was it? He think he somebody rolled up on his leg. But either way, Chris Brooks is the bruiser. Like, we don't need to go find another one. We got one already, and he, we know he can play. So. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, why not just use Alec Ingold if, if you don't want to make Chris Brooks active because he or, can't do what, everything you want on the field? If I'm Miami, I am looking to see – I'm going to keep Raheem Mostert one more year. I try to see if I can move off of Jeff Wilson, and I keep Devon H. on as back two, and Brooks is your number three. Because I don't – like, Jeff Wilson is the is another – he 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 rushes a lot harder than I thought he would too. Like he's he 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 was supposed to be the change of pace for Moster, but in reality, they both kind of run the same way. Tough, angry. Um, yeah, Moster's fast, but he bulked up specifically so he could play tough. So, but if you, if that's not enough, then Chris Brooks is already your back number three. I'm perfectly content with that. If anything, and I've been flip flopping on this in my whole mindset. This entire time, because I don't know if the the solution per se, the the defenses that Miami faced, they saw Tyreek and they saw Waddle and everybody else was expendable. They they felt no desire, no need to go cover anybody else. They covered Tyreek, they covered Waddle, and everybody else was incidental. So obviously, Barrios is not. I don't think Barrios is coming back. He was a one year deal, and that's played out. I, I have no interest in bringing him back. Robbie Chosen was a disaster. Um, maybe they try to do something with Claypool. Maybe they bring oh, him on absolute vet gone. minimum deal. You know, I, 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 I know. I don't think I know any of those comes. three guys are going to be on the team next I, year. I don't think I, of the three, Barrios might be not for a receiver just because I, I think he's a pretty quality. We didn't have any fumbled punts. 
there was a few times he made really smart plays back there. He usually doesn't feel the ball where you're not supposed to. He's a very accomplished punt returner, which has value. But it depends what he wants for money. But not as a receiver, no. He's not a number three receiver. The, the, the only receiver I'm interested in returning that's not Hiller Wano would probably be Craycraft. Because I think he's really smart at where he's supposed to be on the routes. And I in think- many ways, he's a lot of times he's actually the man who makes a lot of plays happen with his ability to block. Like he's probably the best blocking wide receiver I have seen in Miami in a very, very long time. Well, and he's, he's going to be close like league minimum. And again, he knows the offense and where to be. But um, I, I haven't looked at Cedric Wilson's contract. I know he has some dead money. and he $2.5 million that if you try to cut him, you will pay the entire amount. There is no time. According, I looked it over the cap. Believe me, I've looked into this. The, there, is no, there is no time in the entire offseason program here, that unless there's some kind of contract trickery that they can do, if you cut him before June 1st, you're $2.5 million against in dead cap and zero savings. If it's after, $0 in savings, $2.5 million dead cap. If you trade him, same thing. So you're stuck with Cedric Wilson unless you can find some team who's literally willing to pay you to take on his Well, contract. I mean, they, they may take the dead cap just to move on. I don't know how how dedicated yeah, they are. See, if you, if you cut him, you have that dead cap. But if somebody signs him, it eats into that dead cap, Lewis. It does. Oh. Yeah. Even if it came as a bonus, it does help. I I don't know about that, but I he's he's made plays here and there. He's not not the highest of my concerns, but um, yeah, I I I don't think Cedric Wilson's our number three wide receiver. He he, yeah, he doesn't help or hurt our the the conversation we're having anyway about short yardage. I I anticipate they'll they'll bring in a couple more receivers probably late mid mid to late draft or after the draft to compete for those like four or five spots. I, I don't see Robbie chosen Claypool returning at all. And um, I, I, I don't know if um, Eric Exacoma is done or not. I know. Exacoma, Exacoma, uh, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, non-football injury list. I'm guessing. I don't know what it was. Something happened. I, what what I heard. I heard he had a neck injury in college that was specifically written into his contract. And so they didn't play him and they're not paying him. That was part of his contract because he had some sort of injury in college that's concerning. And I don't know if he's medically cleared to play ever again. That's what I've heard. What's true or not true, I don't know. But like I was just saying, like he might be an option if he's, you know, allowed to play, but I don't know. Well, we'll see on that. Now, this is where the discussion came in is for me is that I don't know if my priority is find a third wide receiver, somebody that Tua can count on and know that there will be some separation because or alternatively, should the should the solution be? Because I know that the whole again, the whole offense is predicated on getting the ball out as quickly as humanly possible. But in the event that that doesn't happen, if somebody's covered or somebody gets their route thrown off or something along those lines. What do you do to fix it? It would be helpful if your offensive line was keeping Tua protected enough that he can actually wait and see if somebody else comes open. And that was part of the problem is that you you keep you get the offensive line to be able to protect your guy. My I, I lamented that with the Bills and the Chiefs and the Ravens and all these other teams that absolutely cleaned our clocks every single time. And even though they were running quarterbacks. They didn't have to run. 
they could always just go ahead and uh, by the way uh before i continue um uh, chad uh alf just said that ezukama is cleared for football activity so oh, he is okay yeah so we will see what happens that... i mean he he looks good when he played early on in the season when he played so. yes so oh, maybe maybe he's the maybe he's the answer for the third wide receiver spot maybe that's the answer but either way I'm torn between fixing the weapon situation and making it so that Tua has more than two options on any given play to throw to, or just fix the just try to bulk up the line and make it so that no matter what happens, Tua has uh, confidence that he can just kind of stand back there and order a pizza if he has to while he surveys the field. Did you see Patrick Mahomes looking worried back there? Even when they brought the blitz, it still seemed like he was able to sit we back were, there and wait we for were, a throw. We were playing with our fifth and sixth defensive ends. He would have been a bit looking worried had it been Chubb. <laughs> or Chubb. Yeah, I mean, uh, I personally <laughs> thought. Uh, okay, so Lamar Jackson wasn't worried. Too bad, Josh bro. Allen wasn't worried. And that was before everybody got hurt. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, just, just to point out those guys, the defense played well enough to beat Buffalo in the finale. The defense played well enough to beat Kansas City both times we played them. 100%. And that was half, having to dial up blitzes to, to have pressure in a scheme that where we hadn't done it the whole year. We had barely blitzed to dial up pressure. And then all of a sudden we had to completely change our philosophy. And still the defense played good enough to win. It was the offense that, that Ron, failed. that's fine. I get that. But he, even then, they, you could, there were several plays I could point out that, again, he just kind of sits there. He waits and he waits and he waits. And there's a the guy. When, do, you, do you remember any play? Like, I do mean any play. All season long, where Tua was able to just kind of sit yes. there calmly, casually, and just yeah, wait for a guy to come over. Happen. It's just not very often. But again, we, we were we were rushing with Ogba and uh, Ingram, who we just picked up two weeks earlier. Man, like, come on, bro, seriously. Like I this, is like, this is like having this is like if I went on Twitter and decided to do a show with random Twitter people. Like this is ridiculous. Seriously, where is what I'm? Where is what I'm saying inaccurate in that Tua should have the luxury no. of being able to sit Sorry. back there and wait around for somebody to come we were over? Playing against had all this time. They had so I, much. Well, yeah, they had time. We lost three of the best pass rushers in the freaking league, dude. Went out <laughs> for us. Like, hey, come they, on. Of course, he, there was they no held to Kansas City to three. Unless we went all out times. blitz, but guess what? The NFL knows how to do. It. These quarterbacks know how to deal with the zero now, dude. The zero's done. The zero's done in the NFL. Stop doing it. All quarterbacks do is just backpedal and toss the ball to the open receiver once they come open because somebody's always going to because you got three or four dudes back there playing man. Someone's coming open, so they just backpedal and toss the ball. That's what they were doing two years ago on us. Like, it was like that zero stuff is done. But that's pretty much the only way we were able to put any pressure is they decide, let's just go all out blitz. And it just doesn't work in the, anywhere anymore in the NFL. It doesn't work. So the Giants were trying to do it a few years ago, and, and they were getting crushed for it there, too. It's just done. But it, it unfortunately, what Fangio felt like he had to do. I would have preferred him to just be blitzing five more often. You can't, Like, Mahomes had all year. But you can't send everybody because these quarterbacks know how to deal with that now. Like, they know how to defeat that, that zero blitz. You should have just been blitzing five, 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 just to decrease the amount of time he could sit back there. But that's a separate conversation. I know we've been focusing on the offense this, this episode. I just was kind of reading the comments here. I, I like this in, in Dade. He's, he's talking about getting some big uh, power backs. It's pretty good. So we had a, a, a question on what – uh, I don't know if you guys want to go there with this show or not on 
what's a reasonable amount for a Tua contract? Have you guys tossed that around at all? Or no, I haven't. Uh, we haven't, but that would have to be. We'll talk cover. about that next week, man. I don't have the. I okay. don't have the. You don't have the time, <laughs> Ron. You coming next week? <laughs> you coming next week, Ron? Yeah, I told you I'd be here next week. Okay, I, I thought that this was because. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, Ron wants to take the offseason off. <laughs> I'm taking the offseason off. <laughs> just so you know. But there's yeah. still so much to talk about, Ron. Yeah, there, I am not I am not beating up what what moves we need to make and what Tua's contract needs to be for six months. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> I'll let you guys do that. We'll see you next uh, year. Uh, okay. I, I, I all I'll say I won't go into specifics is not doing anything's not an option. I don't believe because I think he's going to get 23 million anyway on his option here. So you either yeah, sign to or trade to it. You don't, we can't, we have to give him some kind of extension just or trade him. Those are your only two options in my mind. You can't just say, well, we'll just go on his option here and pay him 23 million on our cap. Cause the, the, either he's going to be bad and you just use up to their million or he's going to be really good. And then you're in a really tough spot where you got to take him or pay the market. So he was he, good this year for for everybody. You know, by the way, I can't see the comments, and it feels like I'm probably glad I can't see the comments because I'm on the app. But <laughs> really good this year, by the way, uh, for anybody who wants to argue that he was really good this year, and he does things that very few quarterbacks can do. And you know what, Kurt Warner, you're being completely disingenuous with your analysis about calling him a one read quarterback. Every single quarterback is trying to go to the first read. That's why it's called the first read, asshole. I, I, I can't even listen. <laughs> uh, I I don't believe two is a one read quarterback by any means, but I do think that um, the offense is predicated on that, though. Well, it, everyone. Every is, offense is. is no, I, on that I know, but two but, uh, has to get it out so fast first. that you don't have time to look at the other ones. I I don't know if it's all Tua or scheme, but like. There were multiple times we just were not very diverse in what we were doing. Like to me, like why are we not dumping the ball out to Alec Ingold maybe two, three times a game? Because um, nobody's paying any attention to him. Yeah, and and when you say that, you mean in front of the line and scrimmage, not behind it, correct? Well, basically, we saw a lot of you're throwing the ball in a spot in the field on time. And sometimes he would make some amazing completions, but I mean, he would be throwing the ball at Tyree Kildner, sometimes be three, four guys in the area. And sometimes he, he was highly accurate and on time and it was amazing, but I just felt like we did that. We relied on that so much that we're, we're going to run this route or there were a few times in the a few games where I watch him and they're trying to do misdirection. So two is looking this way and then he's going to turn and throw it back across the field to somebody and it was there was no like reading to it. It was like this is just how we're going to execute the play, and then the guy's getting blown up. So I, I do think there is. Um, I think we are rushing a little too much. Was kind of my feel with this offense because we're so often getting that ball out in two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. And I thought there were times when Tua threw into tight windows. I thought there were times when he rushed the ball out when he wasn't under that much pressure. And I think part of that issue is scheme. And the other part is, I think, with Tua's first couple of years on the team, it, it was two seconds. And if you didn't have the ball out, you were getting smacked because our passing protection was so poor. And so, um, I again, this is like, I think we have a good scheme, but there's nothing wrong with maybe having a few pass plays in there where it's expected to be a little bit longer developing. 
and you're expected to maybe get through your to your third or fourth progression a little bit. And it doesn't have to come out in two seconds so quick. Um, so uh, I, I think that's something that's going to get better and better with time for both Tua McDaniel is the the uh, the progressions and things like that. So he's he hasn't been in the league that long. This is only his second year in McDaniel's system, and so you got to yeah, be careful comparing him to guys that have been in the league like six seven years in the same system. Um, it's quite. A it bit took different. Jared Goff seven years to become the guy that everybody thinks is so amazing. And again, I said it at the beginning of the show. Last year, we were laughing at Jared Goff about how awful he was. I, I think Tua is significantly better than Jared Goff, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think he's that good. The team's great. The bed from time to time, and he even did this season sometimes. Like, so it, it does happen. But another thing, too, I think people don't realize, and people are going to be like, what? No, you're so wrong, but I want you to think about it. People associate the term gunslinger of a quarterback with – having a cannon for an arm. Tua may not have a cannon for an arm, but he has a gunslinger's mentality. Well, he, he absolutely does. Puts the ball downfield, sometimes to his detriment. You know who and You know who else did that, Ron? That needs, he needs he, to take the outlet, man. Just take the easy outlet throw. Just do it, brother. That's, that's the next ev- – I know this sounds weird. The next evolution of Tua – is the easy stuff. The first thing was not going out and getting your head knocked off. You mean the stuff that he was accused of when he was with Flores' offense? Secondly is, man, just take the easy throw when the other one's just not there, brother. Just do it. And and I think, again, if you could get that whole must-make-the-play state, must-make-a-play, must-make-a-play every time instinct out of him that his father beat into him for 20 years – uh, I think you can get him to start to throw to the uh, the easy pass, the, the guy, the running back who kind of snuck out in the flat, the fullback, et cetera. I, I just feel like at this point it's very weird because when we was with the Flores era, we felt like Tua checked down too much and he wouldn't take bigger th- shots. And now we're asking him to go back to that time where it's like, hey, well, we, do some he more check downs, will you? It's a combination. We need – we need to kind of, you know, bring bring the two Tua's together <laughs> to make one great Tua. He'll, I mean, he'll get there. He's going to continue to get better. He'll be better next year than he was this year, and he was damn good this year. So I well, understand. You have to understand, like, some but, of those Flores years, you had Greg Little at left tackle, and he's throwing to Isaiah Ford. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's only so much you can do. You're going to get killed, or you're going to throw to a guy that's, tightly covered so you have to check down you know hey ryan fitzpatrick made it work somehow <laughs> not really i mean did he though he had, he had some good games. i mean it was always fun i'll say this yeah. he didn't succeed a lot but it was always fun to watch yeah well if if you don't think that this year's offense was fun oh it was it was i'm not saying it wasn't don't don't i, don't twist I, what I, I do want to throw this in there guys real quick because i'm seeing this all over twitter like with tua about oh we need a quarterback that can put this team on his shoulders and win these like, games in the playoffs. And oh, broke games. here we go. Um, I just wanted to point out Miami and the entire history of their franchises have only won four playoff road games. And three of those were all in the early seventies. And the only other one was Dan Reno one, one the last year of his career in 2000. Dan Reno otherwise lost every road playoff game he played in. So this isn't a Tua-specific phenomenon. And Marino was from Pittsburgh, so it's not like he was unfamiliar with cold. I, yeah, I'm just pointing out, and, and to be fair, uh, Patrick Mahomes 
to date has never won a road playoff game. We'll see if he does that this He's week. He's never even played in a road playoff that's, game. That's my point. And so I'm saying, <laughs> like, to, to be, like, too, like, hard on Tua for not winning some of these games, it's like, you know, you, you got to give a little bit of time and energy here with these. those are not easy situations to win in. Does he need to play better? Sure, but it, it, don't jump in here and say, well, Tua is a terrible quarterback. He still had a very successful season, and it would, to me, it would be crazy to just draft a random quarterback and assume oh, yeah. it would be no, better. We're not talking about doing that. To, yeah. to, to, to put a little bow on it, next year McDaniel will be the head coach. He'll be call, running the offense, calling the plays. Tua will be the quarterback. Waddle and Tyreek will be the wide, wide receivers and the main targets. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like none of that is going away. Uh, the offense will be, I think, for the most part, very, very similar. I, I'm very worried our defense is going to regress quite a bit because I, I keep hearing Javion Howard's going bye-bye. I don't know if that's true or not for the cap oh, space. Wasn't um, fantastic this year. I mean, he's he old was. and he's he's injury prone. You can't keep him around. Mike, yeah, Mike, but... that you should you should have had Cam Smith out there figuring oh, yeah. it out, and they couldn't trust him in these games because you know all these games were important. So does that mean now you got to go draft another corner? I think we need we need to have a discussion because there's there's a disconnect somewhere. Either Vic Fangio or the defense will not take the time to develop players because we have Tyndall. You, you cannot convince me any way, shape, or form that Tyndall is a much better athlete than Duke Riley. Much better. He's way faster. And so that tells me that Tyndall must not know where to be in the scheme or what holes to fill in the run because he doesn't get to play at all. And it must tell me that Cam Smith must not know the coverages because you can't convince me that Eli Apple's a better tackler and better talent than Cam Smith. I think they're going to start. I think you're going to see Bonner a lot more next year. They seem to like him a lot, but I think maybe we could discuss this, wrap this up and discuss this because we're way past time. Yeah, Um, that's fine. But I'll just leave it at that. Either Chris Greer has a problem with their evaluation of players' cognitive ability to learn schemes, or there's an unwillingness to develop players. Either or. You can't keep bringing these Noah Igbeogany's, Cam Smith, Tyndall's, and these guys that are high draft picks that don't see the field at all. There's some sort of disconnect in there. Okay, well, to be fair, Channing Tyndall was not was only a high draft pick in the sense that he was our first one. He was still a third-round guy, so... Yeah, like, is he not expected to play as a backup linebacker then? He's I mean, still a third-round guy. <laughs> as a third-round yeah, guy in his second year, he should have been the one. Not you're, I'm watch, I don't expect him to come in and beat out Long and Baker. I expect him to beat out Duke Riley. Duke Riley. Getting no, I'm, again, I, I, I get that. But I feel like to have high expectations for him is a little disingenuous. Like, he was a third-round pick. Like that's We don't his expect. expectations were to beat out, beat out Duke Riley. I don't think that's real high expectations. No offense to Duke Riley. Yeah, or for Cam Smith to beat out like Bonner. Bonner okay, hold on. <laughs> Cam Smith, according to all reports, and Alf was the one who was doing the training camp stuff himself. Cam Smith was rising up the depth chart until his injury, and then that just went out the window when they went and got Eli Apple. I think that's a Fangio thing, not necessarily a Cam Smith thing. Um, anyway, that's a different discussion. We're over. We're we're well over an hour at this point. I always try to keep it under so we went a little bit over but again just talking ball we've got a lot more to talk about ron we're gonna have to keep you around for a little while man there's still too much to talk about so all right sorry we'll, your vacation we'll, we'll, is postponed. coming back till we till we till i feel like we're talking about the same thing over and over <laughs> okay <laughs>
good. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. Really appreciate you having you on. Make sure you go over to Factor Meals. Well, once again, all you have to do is just go to factormeals.com. Use the promo code three. That's number the number three yards per carry 50. So you can go ahead and check that out. And also make sure you go and check out Black Coral Rum, a rum that is distinctly Florida at steeltiespirits.com. Make sure you're going and checking out the other one as well. We are a brand new one, which is dietsmoke.com. If you need to be able to get yourself a new home to get your smoke on. And of course, use the code promo code Waddle and get 50% off any item. And before I forget, we need to mention our old favorites. Make sure you've gone over to pricepicks.com. Use the promo code five, that's F-I-V-E, and they will match up to $100 on your initial deposit when you sign up. And if you are watching this, this show is affiliate sponsored by my Nintendo store. Use the links in the description below of this YouTube video that you're watching live with us, and you can make your orders for these games and get some bonus items for your troubles as well. That's going to be it. Ron backed out already. Chad, thank you for joining me as well. I appreciate you spending some time with us. We got to get you back on uh, sometime soon. And we will see you all next time for another episode of Pulse of Fins Nation. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.